Thank you for joining us today at another podcast with Miniature Wargaming Labs. I'm James. And I'm Brian. And today we're going to cover another podcast. And this one I think is really important because I think it's a, a plague that affects all multi-game miniature wargamers' finances. So today's topic, we're going to talk about planning your finances for the year for your hobby. Because uh, some of us didn't buy into GameStop at the right point in time. <laughs> I know, what do you I mean? I bought your... in yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Perfect know why timing. my app says it's volatile. <laughs> but when you bought it on your app, did it say, are you sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. But well, Brian, let's talk about since last time we talked, uh, what have you been working on on your paint desk? Uh, I have been painting up some Targaryens for a Song of Ice and Fire miniatures game. I had a friend that was uh, recently intrigued by it. And so to show off some of the miniatures, I decided uh, why not put some paint on them, even though I don't need to. They are unpainted miniatures, which means they kind of need paint on them. So, so I painted up a couple of the the heroes. Okay, now those are the ones I've been interested in because they come on the round base, but they fit into trays that turn them into square, so they into that uh, rank and file. Yeah, yeah. So everything's on a circle base, and then you put it onto a square tray. That's and that's what you use to push things around. Um, the reason they do that is so they could you could switch them out, and some of them can be by themselves, but they still have to be on their own personal square base. So there's a lot of different bases, um, but it does make it all nice because it is a rank and file game. Well, I'm interested in that because I I have Kings of War Third Edition and Oathmark, and those are all rank and file games. And then Erewhon is more of like, you can be square bases or round bases, but you don't move in rank and file. So there's always that idea, what type of base do I put my miniatures on? Because especially with the miniature agnostic games like Oathmark and Kings of War, or of course, Kings of War skirmish version Vanguard, you know, square base or round base, like got to make a call. So I'm always like, I've actually stalled on a couple models there because i just don't know what base to put them on so i like where the game says they're both (laughs) yes it's circle bases on square bases boom done (laughs) you get both the best of both worlds looks good and they're great miniatures it's by uh simon so which is cool minis or not i don't know if they go by that anymore i think it's just simon is it simon or come on it's okay i always thought that was like come on the old Ed Lover. Come on, son. See, I think that's what they were going for at first, but they're like their full title is like cool minis or not. Okay. And then I think they switched to just being Simon. Or come on. I, I, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I know I'm the industry insider here, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's not like they don't actually do like what send a sales agent down to Etten and say, want to buy more? <laughs> No, no, they do not. <laughs> Although our sales representative that does deal with Simon uh, just does call it Simon. So okay, well, that's what your distributor's doing. Uh, yep, think... I'm just I'm just going from the top. That's that, that's where I go from. Well, I, I think on mine I had the Necromunda terrain where it still is. Um, and then after I talked to you, talked to Aaron, he's like, okay, well, I'll get some of the MP, MCP stuff done. So I got Groot, I finished a long time ago. Rocket, I finally got done. And I was holding off on him because he's a pain. His blaster is yellow, which I hate painting yellow. And there's really, when you look at like the, his face markings, the fur for a raccoon, and he's got such a tiny little face. It's like you have to be in the right headspace to sit down there with like your brush and go, I'm going to paint a quarter of this whisker white. Yep. Just go brush by brush. And then she, <laughs> she always wants the eyes dotted. And there, there you have to be like 
you know, Iceman, if you ever saw Top Gun, like cold hand, like brush moving in, like I one done, I two done. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That way, you gotta do. like cross-eyed or something. <laughs> All you gotta do is this, this is the easiest way I've learned how to do eyes. You draw a line, white line to begin with, and then you color around that line until you have the eyes that you want. You know, the thing I normally do is um, the first eye, I hold the model upside down. It's like an old forger's trick. So it doesn't look like a face anymore. And so uh, I'll do like, what's his left eye, but it's on my right. So I'll do that eye. And then I'll flip the miniature right side up. And then I'm, the eye I haven't done, I just line up the dot. And like I hit the eye right there. Because that's a problem is like in forging, when something looks like something that you recognize, you overthink it. So you've got to like flip it upside down. Then it just becomes, you know, an object that you need to touch. It's more abstract. Yeah, it, that's a good way to put it. It abstracts it in your head right there. It fools you. I like that. Um, that makes sense. That, that's because I don't, the pen, the, the point oh five millimeter pen I was using just to take the ink and hit him in the eye. I think that finally dried up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the good old Micron pen trick. I love that. I was like, you know what? I need to go get more of those. <laughs> That's yep. why I just stopped painting eyes there. And, and eventually I'll get back to the Necromunda. I got I got halfway through the Dark uh, dark Uprising. So I got the wall. I got the little areas of platform sit on. I got those all done, painted up and sealed. It's just the walls. I got to go back and finish painting up the walls there. That shouldn't take you too long. No. Uh, it's just doing the same thing over and over again. But I will say last time we met, I stopped at Etten and I got my Osprey Gains purchase. So right now we're going to do our product spotlight because out of everything that came in to the store yesterday from Osprey Games, and I will admit the distributor to Etten on Osprey Games is not the most reliable. So there's, I'm still waiting for my copy of Ragnarok Abyss. It's um, very odd. I will say that we will get nothing, 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 nothing. Then, you know, three different books well that's the thing it's like i ordered abyss for ragnarok and uh was it uh battlesworn for oathmark those books haven't come in and then last week all of a sudden oath uh oathbreakers for oathmark came in red king for frost grave second edition came in and gamma wolves came in all so it's just like those four months of those products it's like they never happen, but okay, this came in. So I started flipping through Oathbreakers. And so I'm interested in the Oathmark because I've got a bunch of the old Warhammer fantasy battle and repurposing that for Oathmark. Now Oathbreakers is sold as like the undead version and it's 20 bucks. And I don't have an undead army, but I figured 20 bucks, I'll buy the book and check it out. And it, my issue with this, I, I think this product is $5 too expensive. It's the same size as some of the Blue Series books you get, like Lion Rampant and Dragon Rampant. So I think there's the $5 Joseph McCullough surcharge on this book. You pay um, for the name. Yeah, you're, you're paying for that name because when you buy a Blue Book, everything that Blue Book's useful is useful. Oathbreakers is not going to be entirely useful to everyone. Now for you, you have an undead army. So you have an bought, undead army. So every yeah. page is useful for me. So what I've noticed is this seems more like an annual in that there's sections dedicated to disparate parts of the game. So yes, the undead makes up like 20 page, 28 pages of that. You get all the undead armies listed out. Um, but then it's like legendary heroes, undead or not. Um, you have different types of military expeditions, which they introduced in Battle Swarm. And that's something you bolt onto a campaign. You may or may not play a campaign. They've got new spells and everything. So it's some of the stuff I would expect to see maybe in Blaster or in War Games Illustrated of, here's a couple of pages of a magazine. So it's like these, he captured these random thoughts and ideas that he had over one quarter of a calendar and just condense them into one book and release them out. Because the book would be tiny if it was just about the undead stuff. 
Um, yeah, he needed to add, definitely add some more stuff because, I mean, that's the nice thing that I like about uh, this game is that it's there's not a lot of rules. And, like, for a new faction, you don't need to have a lot. So, you know, either you put multiple factions in a book or you have one faction and a whole bunch of extra stuff. Yeah, so it's that blend between, like, the Warhammer Annual or the General's Handbook from Age of Sigmar and a Codex. So it's like, yes, you got an undead Codex and here's some other stuff we'll throw on top of it. And I'm okay with that. I can do the 20 bucks, but honestly, am I getting $20 of value out of this book? Now, for you, since you've got an undead army, you're basically paying less than a dollar a page to unlock your Warhammer fantasy battle, Tomb Kings, and uh, what is it? Uh, I forget all the names. So yeah. And like, also, those are useful. Those are in the game. They're flavorful. They're unique. Um, but for me, it's like, okay, well, I can do Legendary Hero. I can make little exactly. hero characters for me. So it's like, would I pay 20 bucks just to use that portion of the book? Um, Maybe if I bought the PDF, you know, wait for July when Osprey has like one of their 25, wait for the next pandemic when they have a 50% off sale yeah. and buy the PDF <laughs> copy, which I bought a lot of Osprey books on PDF when they started doing that 50% off. Oh yeah. But, but I mean, like somebody like me that has a bunch of zombies and skeletons and necromancers and vampires lying around, well, you know, it was definitely worth the $20 for me um but you know you got to separate that as like you got to look at like what you're using out of a book and what you're using out of kits and that's what really uh drives purchases when looking at war games as well it's like especially with uh uh expansions and everything like that that's what's that's what really drives sales is like how much of it can i use well, we know Games Workshop would do something like this in the event to get you to buy like a new undead model range. It's like, hey, here's a book. Now go buy more models. It's like you buy the book for the stuff unrelated to the undead. And it's like, well, well, I've got the rules for the undead. Let me go ahead and buy, you know, $200 worth of undead models on there. But at exactly. least with the over- or you get the book that has everything in it, all the rules for all the factions and be like, Oh, well, you know, I had a small army of this. Well, now I have the updated rules. So why not go get more? Because now I have all the rules. Yeah, so it's be interesting to see what his plan is long range, what'll come next, especially with Stargrave being introduced, like how many supplements can he keep pushing out on each line simultaneously? But at least with Oathmark, I could go buy a box of undead and just put one undead unit since he doesn't actually have like faction allegiances. So like elves can fight next to orcs. Um, like I could buy one undead unit, like one uh, box of skeletons. And like, okay, well I can have these guys in here. So I could get some use of it without having to buy a whole $300 army to sit on top exactly. of it. But, you know, that, that does bring up one of the issues that a lot of war gamers have, especially when you start getting deeper and deeper into any one game, or especially if you're pursuing multiple games. Because we've noticed, um, well, I've noticed that if you look at how Warlord or Games Workshop or any company does it, they have a certain schedule of releases. And it's similar to like when you go to McDonald's or Burger King and you look at the menu and you say, well, I can buy just one thing, but that's not really good value. If I get the meal, I'm getting more value. And if I supersize it, I mean, I'm getting even better value. But the idea is that every time you go into a McDonald's, they want you to leave $10 behind. They don't care what combination of food or drinks you buy as long as you leave $10 behind. Exactly. And Games Workshop is very similar to that of where you, I can tell that they want basically... I think I did the math on this, $35 a month in models yeah. out of everybody. Yeah, I was about, I was going to say 40. Yeah, well, it depends. And that's if only you're pursuing one line. So if like, if you're Necromunda, yes. 
completionist like me, um, you're going to be doing, what is it, like 145 a quarter? Yeah. To get everything, dice included on that. And so that's the idea is like we can hook one person for one game and it's like they're paying us a subscription, a rent. And we'll make sure that their stuff comes out in the right time. So if you look at it that way, you've really got to decide how am I going to tackle paying for all this stuff? Um, if you want to play Fallout, Kings of War, um, Necromunda, Warhammer 40K, how do I balance this all in? Because I think a lot of times I've fallen into the trap, especially early on, of like, oh, something new came out, let me buy it. Something new came out, let me buy it. And after this last year where I was sitting home um, with my family looking at models that were on sale <laughs> and then just buying more and more models, it's like, you know, I really need to think about I'm planning a year. How am I going to tackle a year of purchasing models? Um, I don't know how you look at buying models, like what your criteria is. So I first uh, look at usefulness. Um, I've kind of honed myself in uh, because, you know, when I started, uh, like most people, you know, you, you just, you're just grabbing as much as you can. If it hits your hand and you could use it possibly, even just like if it looks cool, you'll grab it. Uh, I've really had to hone down because the more I started grabbing, the more games I had. So the more uh, refined I had to be or else, you know, I was just going to break the bank. Um, so when I look at something, I say, okay, A, how much is it? B, how useful it's going to be? And see how much work am I going to have to put into it to play with it? Painting, building, yeah. uh, all that has to go into my calculations of whether or not to buy it because, well, time is money. So the more time I spend on one thing, the less time I have to spend on other things. And if I buy a bunch of stuff for those other things, then that's just wasted money. So I like... I like more simple stuff, which is why I like really like Frostgrave because it's small, uh, small model count. It's the terrain's pretty easy. The, I just have to buy the books to be really like, I just like buying the books anyways. So, um, but uh, something like uh, Oathmark, uh, I bought that because I have several already painted armies and that's, easy project for me boom it's done i bought it i could play the next day because i already have everything done i just have to read the book well i think so that's, when i'm looking yeah i think that's the advantage of like your undead army it's like they're on square bases so and you got that from a warhammer fantasy battle and why we always focus on the miniature agnostic because with just that army you could be at oathmark or you can get fireforge fantasy has an undead army on square bases and you could get um, kings of war they have an undead army so it's like you're not actually putting any more hobby time <laughs> into your army you're already saving on that and then you know anywhere from 25 to 45 dollars you've got a new game right out the door exactly now what i'm looking at for like this year um i'm trying to be a little more uh, fiscally responsible this year and I was I was fiscally responsible last year not saying that I wasn't but I want to be you know more so and you know hone my stuff because I also like we've discussed before I've gotten into magic which is you know a big big money sink uh, with new product coming out all the time so you know I have I'm, I'm spread pretty thin when it comes to gaming uh, so I've pretty much put myself on stop for a while for February because there's a big Kickstarter thing for zines called Zine Quest. And so I spend a lot of my money there for my gaming. So pretty much January and February, I don't spend anything on anything really until February hits and I start spending it on that. After that, then I start looking at what came out, what's going to come out, what do I want to spend my money on, uh, when is that orc release finally coming out <laughs> um, and other things like that. So really this year I'm looking at uh, 
of course, I'm still waiting on that orc release, like I said. Um, but I'm looking Comes at every month. Cromlech, Cromlech's always putting <laughs> out orcs. That's very true. Cromlech's <laughs> got my back, and it's always it's always October with them. But so nothing from 40k or Sigmar has really hit me so far, so I'm not really worried about any of that. There's a couple Infinity miniatures that I'm looking forward to, mostly to use in uh, other games. But you know, Infinity is also something that I play. I'm so I'm just looking for the usefulness. So if I could use, if I see something that's new coming out and I can use it in more than two games, then it's probably going to go on my buy list. Yeah. But of course, I'm not, I'm not. I don't. I haven't seen anything that really has been on my radar so this year's kind of i'm still playing it by ear because i don't know what's coming out yeah i I think that's the issue is um when you start doing taking your radar and you switch to a horizon scan for anyone who's done radar work in the past you're looking long term so you know games workshop always releases box sets at certain amount of times they always put codexes i know covid's kind of screwed it up but you can actually start building a spending plan based on just them. And then if that's your primary company, you can say, okay, other games, other companies, I can work around that. Because in the first episode, I think we talked about, you know, don't be afraid to work your user games workshop models in non-games workshop games. I mean, you can use them in, uh, we talked about Gamma Wolves, just take the dreadnoughts out and say, well, you're now Gamma Wolf mechs. You're big stompy robots. Yep. But um, as you think about that, we we actually solicited some comments. We did a miniature giveaway um, that we launched because we wanted some feedback from the community on what we should talk about. And the whole reason I did this episode on finances is because uh, someone on Facebook, a Russ Yo, started talking about like how they dealt with their finances here. And they actually set themselves a monthly budget. So a hundred bucks a month. And um, now, normally, I, I like the way he phrases. I won't read the whole thing because um, he actually gave a very detailed response, which I wasn't expecting on Facebook. I think everyone who responded to us very detailed. Yeah, I think everyone who's going to respond to us is going to get a miniature. It's just when are we going to use it in the podcast? Because we got some great um, community uh, interaction going there with some very detailed response. I thought I when I put it up for giving away miniatures, I was going to get a lot of I like blue. Yeah. just for a chance to win the miniatures. But no, any, not many people replied, but those who did put a lot of time and thought. So Russ's comment is $100 a month. But he starts talking about, now if I buy something for the 100 and I take it and I flip it for 150 I roll that money forward. Of course, I noticed there wasn't a comment about, you know, I only spend 75 this month and I'll roll the 25 into next month because no one does that. You like, you take that month and you max out that 100 Oh, of course. <laughs> but you know that's that's something i've seen a lot um because you, you and i do that we buy sell trade up on miniatures we to basically do. fund fund the habit you know you start as a user and then you become a dealer to feed your habit um exactly you get so, a free product at that point well that that's why i think he takes a very i think it's responsible the monthly budget choice mm-hmm. there um, the way, and I actually have one, I've always used the $75 a month. Um, but I think when you start thinking about it as a year, what you can start doing is taking some months like the January and February and saying, you know, those are lean months. I'm not going to buy anything. Um, that way I can prepare for July because, you know, there's that Christmas in July. Uh, it's the middle of the year. A lot of these publicly traded companies, have to make their numbers for their reporting to their shareholders. So they'll run sales to get cash flow up. Um, Black Friday is something you've got to prepare for. So mm-hmm. like Warlord Games runs huge sales on uh, Black Friday, or they did this last time. Um, and then the thing I always like is the Battle Force boxes at the end of the year, Games Workshop runs. Yes. I know they put a lot of value in those boxes. So I'm sitting here and I know what um, Blade Guard Veterans is coming up for pre-order. That it goes on pre-order today. So yeah. yes. I like those miniatures and I normally buy them, but I'm going to say, you know what? I don't think this will be the only chance I have to buy Blade Guard Veterans. And I haven't finished all the Indominus blocks. 
So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bet that they're going to have a Battle Force box in December that's going to have Blade Guard veterans in it. And so why buy that box of Blade Guard veterans now? I'll wait to December. And you know what? If they don't have it in there, I bet they'll still sell it. <laughs> and of course, if I bought it now, I might be lucky if it gets painted by December <laughs> sometimes. Exactly. You, you got to... You got to keep especially with 40k and games workshop you really have to keep that in mind uh is it a limited product there are some products they make that are limited that you have to buy at that point in order to get them dice limited edition uh books uh other certain models but for the most part everything they sell that comes out as a new release is going to be in their you could go buy it at the store at pretty much any time. Now with COVID, their numbers have decreased and it is a little harder to get certain things, but they'll work on that. That'll improve as time goes on and they'll come back into stock. So if you really getting like what you need, especially, or what you're really mostly looking forward to or something that will, you know, that you know that will sell out and be harder to get in the future, I, I find is a top priority for me. Whereas like 40K stuff, I'm like, or Games Workshop stuff in particular, I'm like I'll wait till after the release because I know it'll be available after that. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's that problem is if you, I'm sure Games Workshop does this on purpose. If they can create hype around a product, it's like, oh, I've got to have the new thing. You honestly have to think, am I actually going to get it painted or played anytime soon? So what's the hype about? Yeah, there are there are special models um, that they put out there. So those ones I always grab because I know it's going to be a splash release. I got to grab it now. And I think one thing I wanted to bring up, and as I think is the hidden tax of the hobbying, is your paint. Because like when I look, so I examine my credit card statement and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm only spending... 75 bucks a month on models. But you know, models and rule books aren't the only thing that goes into the game. Those paint and primers, those become those little sweetener taxes. Uh, like how much is a bottle now of the non-contract? So there's three different prices. There's 455. So this is Games Workshop. Um, 455 for is the lowest. Then it goes to 620 and then 780. Yeah, and even if you buy like Army Painter, and I've, I've got a you don't sell army painter at Etten for some reason, but you can order it. Uh, we are working on that patience. <laughs> um, but I mean, those usually sell about uh, $3.99 for a, for a bottle. Yeah. But that, so I think looking at it, I think for every hundred bucks that you spend on models, you're probably looking at 15 to 20 bucks extra to paint those models. That's, figuring you already have an existing stockpile of paints and primers. And so as you move through the models, you use them up and you got to buy replacements. And so I think that becomes like a hidden tax. It's like, okay, I spent my budget on models. Oh wait, I better head back to the store and buy paints and I'm going to need this color, this color, this color. And then you're already another $35 deep trying to paint up these models because you know, you didn't have those colors <laughs> to, to make exactly. them look right. Um, and then there's the primer cans. Uh, that's why, you know, I have three different types of primers because like, if I don't care about you, your terrain, you get the $5 Krylon primer. Um, now, if I care about you and I don't want you to get clogged, I'll pull out the $22 Games Workshop primer can. And yeah. uh, someday I'll try the Vallejo primer and see how that works. I haven't tried that out yet. I've been very interested in that one. I've used the Army Painter uh primer and i really like the army painter stuff i think it's comparable to uh, the games workshop and it's usually about six dollars cheaper than the can uh, than the gw cans so that's also you know very wallet friendly you know i've i've had some mixed issues uh so i will say i normally buy stuff that has a high turnover on the shelf um because I've noticed if army painter can sit too long, especially if they're one of the uh, off, a lot of people buy gray, black, and white. 
you buy red or blue or something like that, like the specific colors, you see those will sit on the shelf longer. So I've noticed I've had mixed lock with army painter primers if they sit on the shelf too long. That's fair. They are a little more finicky. Um, Games Workshop is definitely way more consistent with their quality and uh, coverage. So I would have to say, I mean, Games Workshop, you are definitely a paying for the name, but also you are getting your money's worth with that, with the spray. Yeah, that's, that's why I think when you look at what you're going to buy for your hobby, remember is that what paint play collect I think people neglect the paint part that that comes with its own cost and I go through brushes I I beat brushes to hell <laughs> so I go through those pretty fast see I'm very very careful with my brushes because brushes I I, I spend a lot of money on brushes because I want them to last a little bit longer I want them to stay you know have a nice point so I've spent a lot more money on brushes but I also treat them very nicely I have all the like I have the top end of the brush cleaners I have the the nicest stuff that I could get so I could keep stuff longer and it does work um but it's that this that's another thing that people don't think about is like how much do you want to put in it to begin with because painting is a big part of the thing a big part of the a hobby and it is a big upfront cost uh, because paints I mean it adds up I've seen 20 paints that's that's almost a hundred dollars right there and that's not including brushes that's not including like all the other stuff and like I have the nicest like brush holder I have a brush case I have the master's brush cleaner I have uh, Citadel's uh, water cup I have uh, army painters wet palette which is absolutely amazing and all of this stuff adds up and it really does increase the value in my paint and extends the life of my paints but also I put a lot of money into it and you don't see that when you're playing a game you just see a painted model which and then you put the price to the model and how much you put into that you don't see how much you put into the paint and people well, don't see that it's a i think that's value. why i call it the hidden tax because yes. if when you show up to the gaming table and you put down your indominus box set people can say oh that's this much in miniatures like no do you know how much the can of primer <laughs> cost for that because I, I went through the macrage blue just to go burn through those guys as ultramarines uh just speed up the whole process it's like i know i've got a ton of them now and just hit them with blue so save some time there but it's like well now we get the gold paint and all these other colors on there so it's like that's why i said you know you're looking at like a 20 percent kicker on top of how much you spent on the models just mm -hmm. for the amount of paint that you put onto that so you've got to think about that and you know that's the value of the necrons go for score pack dynasty just hit them with the um, lead belcher um, from Games Workshop and a little black, a little green, you're done. done. <laughs> right there. I burned so, through those guys pretty quick. <laughs> so I think that actually brings up another thing about uh, gaming. Paints are universal. Uh, so if you buy paint for Necrons, you can use it for Infinity models. It's, it's the same paint. We use the same paint for all the miniatures. Now, one thing I think we don't really talk about and gamers don't really talk about is stuff that you need to play games. So like the other like dice and rulers and tokens and stuff like that uh, for multiple games. Now, I have like a toolbox for each game that I play. So I have a kill team toolbox and it has all my kill team stuff in it. It's also my 40K one because, you know, I'll they're very similar in game style. They use the same kind of dice. I have my AOS and Warcry toolbox. It has all my AOS stuff. But I mean, I put a lot of money into like a all the dice that I need for it. Uh, the tape measures. I have tape measures for each separate thing. Now you don't need to buy. That's extra. That's you. You only need one tape measure for everything. But you know, if you're extra like me, you have one for each game. Um, 
but there's a, these other things like dice. Everyone wants separate dice. I've seen people buy dice for each army that they have, for each D and D character that they have, uh, and I don't hear that talked about as another thing that you have to put on. Uh, so yes, we have paint and everything, but we have the other little things, storage, um, display, if you want to do that. Uh, so th those are other things that you have to think about when purchasing items is the little little things that go with them. Well, you know, I think you bring up a good point because, you know, I thought about the paint, but didn't talk about the durable objects that go with it. Because once you paint it, you got to get it someplace, somewhere. I mean, unless you're going to like leave it on the bookshelf and like you'll only play at the table across from the bookshelf because you can do everything from like battle foam. So I've got like a pack 420. And of course, since I fly places, um, I'm always afraid. That's, that's why I always pay to like get on the plane first is so that my miniatures don't get put into check luggage. Like I don't want to be the last one on the plane and say, ah, all the overhead bins are taken. Um, last one on gets into uh gets into the belly of the plane. Say, no, you're not <laughs> you're not putting my you're baby not putting this in. under there. <laughs> and this will hold me. it on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so what I started doing with that is um, there's a type of fishing. Uh, so I always found fish tackle boxes. And there's this one type of fish tackle box that has like a very shallow, clear compartment up top. And that's where I put all the tokens and dice. And then there's a big um, cavernous area below and that's where you're supposed to put all your lures and stuff. And so mm -hmm. I went and bought foam and I cut foam. And so if you want an expense, go to like a furniture company that makes like foam sheets and say, I only want four quarter inch thick, 12 inch by 12 inch foam sheets. And they're used to working in like large know redo your couch so there's a premium there so it's like 20 bucks for the fish and tackle i'm not going to say how much to get foam so i can cut it and fit it in there and put my little guys in and protect them um but those battle foam packs those aren't cheap nope. now they're going to last a long time they're going to be with you forever but there's that one first time cost so if you're just getting into this those setup costs can be just strenuous so they say let's use indominus because that was a good box Buy Indominus, 200 bucks. Let me get a battle foam pack. Let me get the foam to go in the battle foam pack. Let me get the primer cans, the paints, the brushes. Oh, I didn't even thought about like the paint cleaners. Because uh, you know what? The idea of taking a cup and just dropping your brush tip first into that water cup so it can sit at a 40, 45 <laughs> is splayed out. Yeah. Say so that that will burn through brushes a little bit faster. <laughs> Very much so. So I, I think that's something fair to point out because you know there was a time when all miniatures came on 25 millimeter bases and like the games workshop uh, plastic box, all your bolt action guys would fit in the same tray as like any of your Imperial Guard. And any of your model game, that little rectangular space that you had there fit everything. Every game, everyone, maybe you might have a dragon and, you know, you wrapped it in like foam that you just crumpled up and put around it and said, okay, well, that one will come with me. But now with like 32 millimeter bases, 40 millimeter bases, tanks, vehicles, it's like, you got to think, I need all different types of foam to protect this, to transport, or, to transport it around. Exactly. Yeah, you, there's so many other little things that go along with it. Uh, your Indominus example, that's already up to 400 plus dollars with all of that if you wanted complete. Uh, and if you're just starting, if you're just getting into it, the Indominus box didn't come what usually comes with uh, starter boxes, uh, measures, uh, measuring tapes. So you're gonna have to buy one of those. Didn't come with dice. So you're gonna need to buy dice. Um, the boxes are pretty sturdy and I'd have to say like, you could probably store things in there, but of course it's rattling around. And if you paint your miniatures, you're going to want to protect them because you don't want to repaint them. That's just more stuff you're adding to it. So get a little foam, put it in there. You could lessen that, uh, lessen that value or lessen how much you're going to spend by putting just foam in that Indominus box. But 
still it is you, you, it's all these little things that you don't think about and nobody really talks about either nobody tells you that you're going to need this until you're like man what am i going to use to like transport this without breaking everything because last time i just carried it in this box i had dropped it and everything went everywhere and three things had to be refixed and repainted and that was just a huge waste of time yeah well i think um no store owner sits there and tells like the 11 year old kid whose mom brought him into the store and said, you know, I heard about this games workshop thing. What do I need? Like, okay, let's start with your 600 bucks and let's figure out how we're going to spend that to get you up to speed. It's like, no, uh, just take this $45 box of toys. Like walk out. Well, how do I paint these? Well, here's a $20 can of primer. Like, well, I got them one color. What now? Well, here, you're going to need a couple different brushes. Here's seven paints. <laughs> so it's like Wait, slowly I forgot. You. How am I going to clip these out and uh, put them together? <laughs> oh, well, you need clippers and here's some glue. <laughs> I've heard of contrast paint. Like, ooh, ooh, that's how many colors do you want to that? Like $8 that's a bottle. <laughs> 780 a pack, 780 a, a, a pot. So, man. <laughs> So that, that's why I think you've really got to be strategic about it. Um, so something I've noticed is, uh, I think we're going to do another episode on this, but we'll talk about it now. So, you know, Barnes and Noble sells like yes. Space Marine Adventures. So they started selling paint sets for Space Marine Adventures. And it's actually a good array of colors in there. And then they have one for Blitzbowl, array of colors in there. And it was like, I don't have the box near me, but it's all these paints for about under 20 bucks. And it's like per bottle, that's like a huge discount. And then of course with Barnes and Noble, if it's on the shelf for too long, it goes to the 50% rack. So they January, have... I saw post after post in all of the, my painting groups, all of those miniatures and paint uh, boxes were 50% off and people were just grabbing them because I mean, it's cheap. So oh, you yeah. also got to look out for those sales and like, think about that. Like, uh, like you were saying, like the black Friday and the Christmas in July, uh, Barnes and Noble, if they have stuff on their shelf too long, it does goes to the 50% off and, you know, Citadel is very, uh, and games workshop stuff is very niche ish. It's less niche now, but compared to what they sell, it's not their top priority. So a lot of people don't go there and think, hey, look, it's a Games Workshop product. They're trying to get people that don't know anything about Games Workshop into Games Workshop and then into our stores. Um, so there's going to be a lot of product that doesn't get into people's hands, which then goes into sale and you could save a lot of money. So th that's another thing to think about when you're budgeting is where can I get stuff for the cheapest uh game stores i have uh my store has a table that has a bunch of stuff for sale um because it stays on the shelf too long or i overbuy and everybody that's wanted it has already gotten it and now i just need it off my shelf and i need more room so that's definitely something to look out for is sales um discounts um broken stuff I have a couple things that they were missing a booklet or uh, dice or something that came in the box. And now it's on sale, even though it's perfectly playable, if you can just not looking for that particular part. So, yeah, well, that's, that's why um, I felt really sad during the pandemic. Cause there's, whenever I go to DC, there's this game store in falls church called huzzah hobbies. And they were doing their like, Black Friday sales. So they had the MCP terrain 50% off. They had some of the Warcry terrain 50% off because, you know, people around that store didn't play these hyped games like every other store. And the owner just like, I got to get rid of this. And, you know, you can't sell it online. It's like, you've got to get rid of it in your brick and mortar retail space. That's how exactly. it used to be. So he just put it huge sales and it's like, I can't travel. <laughs> I can't get there to it. <laughs> Otherwise, that would all be gone <laughs> right now. Oh, yeah. Your car would be absolutely full. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
I think mentioned before my car leaves empty and it comes back full when I go on trips. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of little stores out there and a lot of little games and not everyone carries all the same stuff. And so you exactly. always look for those little bargains there, but you know, yep. I think look around, go to every single game store and every, like, like if you're into like RPGs uh, and you're looking for, uh, older books or books on the cheap go to used bookstores a lot of people will sell their D books of their old traveler books uh all their old cthulhu books to used bookstores and you can go find them really cheap there even like old 40k books newer 40k books i know i've come across a couple eighth edition books at uh barnes and noble a couple times so you never know what you're gonna find always always search out bargain i found uh, one of the, I think the best thing that I always look for is at uh, like savers or the, the, what are those called? Uh, thrift stores. I've once found a uh, half intact, like it was missing one model, but it was a star collecting box. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Terranids. So, I mean, you never know what you're going to find at any of these stores. So always, always keep an eye out. And uh, that's one of the things, like if you're a bud, if you're on a budget, go to those, go to those thrift stores, go to those used bookstores. They might have something. Well, you know, one thing I wanted to throw out there is like talking about paints and so when you do games workshop and you look at how they paint models, it's different from how if you're doing like World War II bolt action. And so bolt action uses a lot of Vallejo or army painter. And Vallejo and army painter have sensible names. Gray is gray. Dark gray is dark gray. And games workshop has all these wild names. So it's like, you have to actually look at the color. So if you're mm -hmm. painting like your models of games workshop, I want some bolt action a lot of like that elysian green well it's not just for elysian jump troopers or imperial guard don't be a, you don't have to buy the vallejo paints which tend to be harder to find um yes so it's like you you just like you can cross pollinate models to games and games to different models don't think of them as link don't think of your you know the paints you bought for games workshop as solely linked to games workshop models like only those textures and colors can only work for games workshop models a lot of it comes down to how they everything. apply the paint well yeah a lot of it comes down to how they apply it onto the surface there because I, I found that when i bought like um some of the german world war ii like vallejo will say here's all the paints you need to paint this type of soldier and i i bought it brought it on, opened it up and started like putting it on my paint rack it's like you know, I already had half these colors here. <laughs> they were just called different things. Now I got a, you get a, you know, get a bit of a discount when you buy them all together, but it's like, you know, I probably could have put all these, I probably didn't need to buy this. Maybe one or two paints to get, you know, the right type of okra uh, for the uniforms. But it's like, I already had most of these paints. It's just, they were called different things and they look different in the two. But when you actually squeeze them out onto the palette and put on the figure, it's like, you know, wa green would have done just as fine as this color here. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, no, paint is paint. <laughs> Wherever you get it and whatever it's for, uh, it's so funny. So I actually have at, at the store, I have a paint set that was made for Star Wars Legion. Yeah, two different paint sets. Yeah. And they're right next to the D&D &D paint sets. The D&D &D paint sets sell out every week. I always have to order more. And the Star Wars ones just sit there. It's paint. It's the same manufacturer too. It is the same it? exact manufacturer. It's the same, the same models, the bottle. same labels. It's just the names are different. But people see D&D &D and Star Wars. They're like, oh, well, the Star Wars ones can't be used for D&D. &D. They're paints. When you look at a paint, it's a paint. You could use it on everything. Treat it like... Frank's Red Hot. You put that stuff on everything. Oh, <laughs> well, I think uh, we'll wrap it up with our main uh, subject there on spending. But, you know, let's keep that in mind as we start doing our next segment here, the Horizon Scan. What we're, This is the part of the show where we plan out 
what are we thinking about buying? And I think last time I brought up piety and pain because that's a box set. You normally get good value out of the box sets. I don't know exactly going to be in, in it, but it's two factions I don't have. I could probably make a combat patrol kill team out of them. So it's got some value there. Um, we don't know the price point yet, but we know that coming up, we're going to have Pariah Nexus, which is going to be the new kill team box set. Um, Warhammer Quest, Curse City, Piety and Pain. So just in the Games Workshop line, there's going to be three box sets that I know are going to interest me. I only have a finite amount of money. And I know there's going to be more Necromunda gangs. So I've really got to think, what do I want to acquire and what for? So I think in my planning, the Pariah Nexus actually has the most interest so far because there are models I don't have. There's going to be rules in that box to take my Indominus box and take those guys and bring them into kill team so I can you know make those guys that were just going to be in combat patrol for regular games Warhammer I can now bring them into kill team I like that the the thing I'm questionable on is the board and the terrain because I liked the Warhammer catacombs box but not how much were they charging for that box I think the catacombs was like Almost 200. Yeah, because I remember Sean was in the store and I called him and said, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in the catacombs box. This is one of the rare times he was there and you were. So I was interested in the catacombs box because, you know, even if I don't use the war crime figures, war crime figures, I'm, I was looking at the board and it's like, you know what? I could use that for Necromunda. It's an underground tunnel. Great. I mean, this will work out fine because... I said, put me down for it. Maybe I'll take two. He goes, they're $200 a box. Take my name off that list right now. <laughs> now, one thing I do like that they did is they separated out that board. So if you do want the board, you can just go buy the you know, board. But the value of the board itself, because I thought about that. I said, well, maybe I'll just take the board. But the price they charged for that board, I was looking at it. I said, you know, that board's I think it's like $40. Not. You know, it's not a dead-on match for a Necromunda theme, and I already have Necromunda boards and mats. So for 40 bucks, it's like, I could buy stuff of more value. Let me just take a pat. It was an interesting idea, and in a world of unlimited resources, I would have got it. I would have set it in a shelf and maybe taken it down once in a while to play for it. But it's just like, no, I'm going to pass on that. That's my fear for, for Pariah Nexus, is that it's going to be that $200 box. And it's just going to be cardboard board some little necron tokens that you put on the board and like six models for each side it's gonna be 200 bucks i'm like no i'm gonna have to walk away so a lot of these i'm waiting till i see the price tag before i get too sold on the idea that i'm going to get them that's that's a good idea because i mean games workshops has been creeping up their prices to i mean it makes sense with the times and everything um but yeah, so we'll find out soon. I'm guessing. So let me um, ask you, what what product are you looking forward to? I think I can now guess. the Warhammer the the Warhammer Quest has to be Warhammer. My interest. Um, I like the Inquisitor. That that's going to become a 40k Inquisitor if I get my hands on that figure. Oh yeah, which I know you will. <laughs> um. Oh. You know what? There is one thing that I'm very excited for. Uh, my Targaryens are finally getting uh, their upgrade soonish. I know it's on pre-order, but it's the Mother of Dragons pack, and it's uh, Daenerys Targaryen and her three dragons. As so, babies or as the, like as adults? Medium adults. Okay. They're, they're like they're they're big enough that they get their own bases. Um, so they're pretty decent size, which is which is awesome. And you know, that's the entire reason I got the Targaryens is <laughs> because there's gonna be dragons in the future. And finally we're getting them. So I get to have dragons and horses and zebras. So you know, the trifecta of wargaming. Zebras riding dragons. <laughs> zebras riding dragons and dragons riding horses. I don't know if you remember um, Ghostbusters with Bill Murray. Cats, friends with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
band of days. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. I think, but I mean, for you on that one, price isn't that much of an issue because you're not. You really want. I mean, you built your whole Targaryen army on the idea that you know you're going to get that box. So that that box is key to you. That that where, box is the entire reason I started this army. So it is a must buy, and that's something that I've I've already budgeted for and everything. So uh, it was actually supposed to come out like two months ago. Okay, three months ago. It's been delayed a lot. So um, it'll be out soon. <laughs> well, Hope. So I so I think the difference between you and me on this one is I'm not seeing anything on the horizon here that is. I can't live without like my life won't keep like the dark uprising vault, dark uprising Necromunda box, that solid chunk of plastic. That was, I didn't even know the price I wanted. I'm not seeing anything like that yet. There's some stuff like, Hey, that'd be interesting. I could use it. It's hitting the criteria, but price is an issue. It's not like, yeah. Uh, torpedoes be damned full speed ahead on any of these things here so um the and we're normally stuff like that i normally wait till like the last minute before i put the order in with you guys mm -hmm. just because it's like i got to give me that last chance to you know uh wave off the target and say you know what uh, i'll wait for the next box set to come around there but knowing that, uh, what do you have planned with the hobby here? So I know you're working on your Targaryens. What do you got planned next for the hobby bench? So next time I talk to you, are you will you meet your goal? Um, I think after I'm done with my some of my Targaryens, because I'm not going to do all of them. I'm just going to do some of them. I've decided that in order to, I had a little bit of burnout last year. So uh, in order to fix that, I'm only going to do a little bit of each hobby that i do a little bit of so i think i'm going to move into my orcs uh again um because i was making headway into my orcs uh i haven't decided yet I, either i'll do my orcs or i'll finish uh my bone dragon that's been half painted for <laughs> i remember that dragon <laughs> over a year now <laughs> so probably i i pro like i was just thinking about the dragon so probably the dragon i think that there isn't much to do on it um it'd be a quick you know couple day thing and you know it'd be something finished on my bench and that would be that would be cool so probably that well you know um i i will say that that's the nice thing about playing multiple miniature games and you have a bunch of different miniatures because let's say you did the reasonable thing and you cracked open the indominus box you pulled out the models and he did every one of those models. That's a really good way. You know, it's like when you get caught with a pack of cigarettes and they make you smoke the whole pack. And like, uh, that idea. how fast could I smoke a pack? It'd take a while. Uh, but regardless, you get sick of it after a while. So there's a lot of stuff that I keep in the cabinets around me of where I've gotten 75% done. And it's like, I'm burned out. Well, let me go to the next thing and get 75% done. The nice thing I found about that is eventually I'm going to cycle back around and what's going to happen since there's already 75% done in one day, I'm going to say, you know what, let me finish those guys up and I'll finish 10 guys all in like one sitting, like hour, hour and a half. I finished this whole set that's been sitting on my shelves forever. And I feel really good about myself because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, look how much I accomplished. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Then you got finished stuff and that, that's what, that's what counts. Well, that, that's what interrupted the Necromunda ter terrain because I did a whole bunch of the column sections and I got them where I wanted them and sealed them. And I looked at the walls and some of the other platforms and it's like, well, you know, I got this Oscorp truck from Marvel Crisis Protocol. And I've only got like, I've got most of the trash cans done, but not all of them, not all the light stands. And like, you know what? I'm going to finish these trucks. <laughs> so I went through, <laughs> just started like, set the necromunda to the side and so my plan is to finish up uh the trucks for mcp and then of course i got a new box of metal from scotland so i'm going to start work on my street wars nyc my little street gangs for new york city in the in the 1970s so uh 
get to work on those. And they, they look pretty decent. So nice. And since they're metal, it's going to be Krylon because. Um, of course. Yeah. Well, you know, it just holds the metal better. I think that industrial, you have to worry that the atomizer is going to flood out the detail. You got to be careful with that. But uh, if you've ever dropped a metal model and like a little chip comes off the forehead, it's like use Krylon. <laughs> yep. I have dropped many metal models. <laughs> well, I think that'll wrap it up for us today at Miniature Wargaming Labs. We'll be contacting Russ Yeo and he'll get to be select from the prize pool, one of the many uh, miniatures or rule books that we have there. So I'll be contacting Russ uh, later today so he can pick his prize and uh, we'll send it off to him. But thank you for joining us at Miniature Wargaming Labs. I'm James. And I'm Brian. And we'll see you next time.